Oh, yeah, did you hear about Kingdom Hearts 3? No, what happened? I, I've been so untouched, like, since last weekend, I haven't even barely touched Tumblr. I made a post about it a while ago, and in an interview, apparently Nomura said uh, that the team is currently selecting the game's world. Nomura also revealed interest to put Marvel and Star Wars content in the game. Ah, we were totally joking about Maybe, maybe. I mean, they probably totally have to get the rights to it first. So Uh, he said it would be great if we could add the these licenses too. Said Nomura, but there are a lot of questions and restrictions at Disney, so we can't put everything people want. So it's a hard decision, but we're preparing some surprises for you. So wait for more info. Oh man, I would just die if there was a Marvel world. Like I. I just Can you imagine uh, like teaming up with like the Hulk and Iron Man or something? The hardest part would you be looking at like you could probably only choose like one of them because you or actually two of them because you could replace Goofy and Donald. Or, right. But the thing is, I'd be like, oh my god, which Avenger do I pick? Do I want like I would probably okay. What what would it be the two you if you out of the six from the cinematic universe, who would you choose? I know one is your would be Captain America. Probably, I would probably choose Tony and Cap. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I would like want speed and strength, so I would probably choose between either for strength Thor or Hulk. Oh, and then for speed, probably Hawkeye, because he would be my long-distance person. Right. I would also probably want Natasha on my team. See, they should just make, uh, like, all of them on the team. Actually, I would probably, if they did that as Sora, I would just get far enough away and just sit back and just watch them fight. <laughs> I'd be like, I, I would... don't need to work on this anymore. Let's let's just I... go, guys. Go, go Avengers. I wonder, um, <laughs> I wonder what kind of keyboard <laughs> that you could get from them because I'd just be using it like the whole entire time. I'm like, what? Uh, a Keyblade that's high, a higher level? Hell no, I have an Avengers Keyblade. I I just kind of like had the image of like a long, tiny model of of Avengers Tower, but with like a handle on it and you just like beat them with a the tower. Nice. <gasps> what if your Keyblade had Jarvis inside it? Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> and it like gave you advice like, like Navi from Zelda. Uh-huh. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. But, yeah, like, just having the Avengers attacking all the Heartless and just sitting back, that would be, like, a breather from the first game where Donald and Goofy died just like that and I had to fight Cerberus all by myself. It, yeah, in the earlier ones, I always made, like, a point to try and level up Donald and Goofy and actually, like, Goofy became, like, an incredible he- heavy hitter and Donald had better magic than I did <laughs> at one point because... <laughs> They leveled up faster than me, and mm-hmm. so um, it, it's worth it to take the time to level up because then they could right. actually like help you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like Goofy was be- usually the best in my party, like better than me. Like I would just send Goofy out there, and he would na- knock out like half of them in a couple of hits, and I'd be like, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> I have to say that the second one got better, especially with the combination stuff. Mm-hmm. Like. Uh, the special moves that you can do with Donald, like with the fireworks and stuff, I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like, I, my friend had a uh, re Kingdom Hearts, like the remixed one, and uh, I just I I hadn't played I've played Kingdom Hearts two several times because it's my favorite, mm-hmm. and 
But I haven't actually went back and played Kingdom Hearts 1. And I was just like, oh my god, why do Donald and Goofy suck? <laughs> <laughs> like, why can't I do combinations? Combinations were always the best. Prepare for trouble! Make it double! We're gonna fly over polar bears and <laughs> see them and look at them and be with the polar bears! Yes. <laughs> No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Everyone wants some magical solution for their problem, and everyone refuses to believe in magic. Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax. Talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Frightened people. Give me a Dalek any day. time again we are here talking about captain america it's going to be awesome this is going to be a bajillion part podcast but just in case you're wondering my name is hope molinax i'm the host of hope of all trades it's the podcast you're listening to right now and as always with my marvel shows i am joined by my great friend the wonderful angel hello (laughs) oh my god so um i'm just gonna tell you people right now um so, based off our last Welcome to Nightville podcast, which was, like, what, like, four hours long? Something like that? Oh, something like that, yeah. <laughs> and our last, like, oh, what was it, like, Thor and Iron Man podcast, they were, like, three or four hours long, correct? Uh, about so. And that that was after editing. After editing. So, Angel and I have come together, and we decided that we're go- if we're over, like, the hour and a half, two hour mark... We're going to split this into a separate episode. So, depending on how this runs, this could be a three-part episode of Winter Soldier. And And it works, because there's enough to talk about. Oh, yes. (laughs) Especially from her and me. Because she's the biggest Chris Evans fan. I'm the biggest Sebastian Stan fan. We're going to be, like, tearing this movie to pieces with feels. So, I will tell you now, this will be a multi-part podcast. And just look out for the future parts as I finish editing them. So, ha, Angel, did you hate Winter Soldier? Uh, no. It was the worst movie not. ever. <laughs> no, it's it's amazing. It was, uh, it's the sequel that Captain America deserved. Oh my goodness. Yes, because I will say, it took, going back to the first Captain America... I it was one of the few that I didn't see in theaters. So when I actually watched it, to me it was good, but it wasn't like great. And it took me several watchings of Captain America before I before I like fully appreciated it, and you know I saw the little details and the intricacies and like the tying in the other movies and the lead up to the Avengers. Because the first time I, I ever saw Captain America in anything was Avengers. I, I saw Avengers before I saw mm-hmm. Cap, and so uh, I was just like, okay, well this is Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I went back and watched it, I was like, okay, this is Captain America, but it's still like, you know, in phase one, Thor is still my favorite, and Iron Man is still clearly better than the rest, and so I just, I really, Cap needed this movie. Well, it's funny because, as you know, Captain America was my favorite in phase one as well. It was actually, I had actually seen the movie in theaters, I saw it twice, and after it's been shown on the special movie channels. I've seen it 
more than I could probably quote the movie to you right now. <laughs> I don't know. It was actually Captain America that got me interested in Avengers and Marvel, even though I had seen, like, the first Marvel movie I had seen was Iron Man 2. So, yeah, Cap really got me into Marvel. So, I'm really happy that this was such a fantastic movie. Like, what got me, inc- I was already hyped enough enough for it, like, I had been, like, the moment they announced Winter Soldier at Comic-Con, like, two years ago, I was mm-hmm. just, I was hyped then. Like, I just, it was the longest two years of my life. And not only that, but they released, like, trailer after trailer, and you just got more and more hyped. I know, and so it was when Entertainment Weekly said that it was the best superhero movie ever made and better than the Avengers, I was just like, mm-hmm. aww. Nuh-uh, I can't be better than the Avengers. Because I do, I really like the Avengers. And right, I, yeah. it's like, it's like you know, <laughs> the pinnacle of phase one. And right. so I just, it was just one of those things that I was like, there's no way that this can be better than Avengers. And it totally was. Like, in my opinion, it totally was. And I know some people are kind of having, like, their own opinions on it. Like, my, my best friend um, didn't like it. Uh, well, no, I didn't say I didn't like it. She didn't think she liked it, but she didn't think it was better than the Avengers. Uh, and some people were saying it's too long. There's too much uh, stuff going on, and they're trying to set up too much time, too much stuff in a movie. But I thought it was really well balanced. I, I thought it worked. It had a pretty nice balance. And even as I put in the notes, even my friend said that it was as good of, as the Avengers or maybe even better. Me, I didn't really have an opinion at that moment because I was still processing everything. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, this one took a couple days to process. I, I, I had to actually, like, stop and, and think about it for a while. Um, to, be, to be honest, I don't think I'm even done processing it. You saw the rambling that I did in... Yeah, you have process. a lot of ramblings in the notes. <laughs> I was just like, here's bullet points, and you just took off with them. So I was like, yay, let's work for me. <laughs> yeah, I as, as a movie as a whole, I, I don't want to say this is probably the best of Phase 2. Definitely by mm-hmm. far. And that's nothing to knock Iron Man 3 or Thor 2, because both are very good movies in their own rights. Um, mm-hmm. But this is a good start to phase. Uh, I, I kind of feel like it's a good halfway point. And it makes me kind of I... really hyped to see where they go with Guardians. I know this is, and... like, really jumping ahead a lot. and like, But for Guardians and Avengers too, like, mm-hmm. this had such big, game-changing, earth-shattering, like shattering the marvel universe going on and it really sets up for avengers 2 because we have to deal with that aftermath Mm -hmm. with thor 2 and iron man 3 the aftermath was a bit briefer i guess like it doesn't have such long-standing repercussions uh except for tony with his um arc reactor and blowing up his suit (laughs) i just thought of something and this is jumping way ahead, but mm-hmm. with the reveal of Hydra in the one shot, all hail the king, um, wasn't someone? Didn't someone want to take Trevor and take him back into custody to get him out of there? What if that was Hydra? So, do you think that maybe the Mandarin works with Hydra? Maybe that could be a thing. Maybe it's like all connected, <laughs> like that hashtag. <laughs> that is, I was about to say, isn't that a hashtag in Agents of Shield? It's all connected. Yeah, it is. I couldn't remember if it was S.H.I.E.L.D. or if it was, like, um, Teen Wolf. Another unintended joke. (laughs) Yeah, like, maybe, maybe they're the ones that have Trevor right now as, uh, Hydra. You just had a C 
Steve moment from Avengers. Like, I understood that reference. I know, I totally did. I couldn't remember if if the hashtag was from uh, Shield or Teen Wolf. But let's talk. Let's talk about these characters, though, because what our our favorite thing is like breaking down these characters. So Bye. I'm just gonna sit back and let you talk about Steve. Oh, what can I say about Steve? Oh my goodness. What can you say about Steve in just one sentence? Amazing. <laughs> I didn't say one word. <laughs> oh, in one sentence. One uh, sentence. He is everything that I would want. In a superhero, I thought and... you were about to say in a man, <laughs> and in a man, <laughs> <laughs> and he's just an amazing character. Good job. I will remind me, and I will do the same thing for Bucky when we get there. Okay, but overall, I really liked all fangirling aside, and my love for Chris Evans. All that aside, I did really like his character and they kind of developed him more like him trying to get used to the 21st century and he still has a bit of that dorkishness which i enjoy <laughs> i i like the whole getting used to the 21st century i'm glad that they didn't make like make a big joke about you know him still being like what is this like i don't know what galactica is and or and stuff like that um i, I like i like more subtle I know. Um, I I like the the line he had where it was like, and then they have the sync of the internet. I read that for days, <laughs> like. <laughs> but like, I had to make a little quick note, like his little notebook. Um, uh-huh. I I thought that was a nice touch that because he's I, I like that he's actively trying to adjust to this world. Right, but, and actually, the notebook is different depending on which country you see the movie in. I did not know that. Why? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Probably just pop culture references for each country like in uh, oh, maybe the, some censorships depending on certain countries. I don't know but like for example the one in Australia that's the one that I can remember right now like on his list there's Tim Tams and something about a kangaroo and Captain Kangaroo <laughs> <laughs> not Captain Kangaroo but something like Skippy the bush kangaroo or something I'm sorry Australian listeners I don't know <laughs> But I know um, when I saw it, I saw it on the Thursday night uh, up to two on Beacon. So I was in there with like tw- like at least thirty Sherlockians. Like that, we had a big group. And so apparently on the the very top of the list it says Sherlock BBC a TV show. So when that came up, like you had thirty Sherlockian girls just going. Aah! Also on um, the UK version, they do actually have t- on the top where it's cut off instead of I Love Lucy, it's TV show Dash and what looks like Sherlock. That's what I was just saying. Yeah, so, never mind. <laughs> I don't listen. You should listen. But yeah, it's it's nice seeing Steve actively trying to finish this world, because if they had spent half the movie like with Natasha and Fury explaining the world to him, this would have gotten really boring really fast. It really would have. So it's just a bit more subtle and like, hey, I'm in the 21st century. Yeah, I've kind of cut off, caught up a little bit. Still trying to figure some things out. And this is set two years after the Avengers. So he's had right. some time. He probably knows how to work computers now. Like even in Avengers in that deleted scene, he knew enough how to uh, work that DVD player to watch that video. <laughs> 
though i was really hoping there'd be a scene like in avengers assemble where he was like look at this coffee pot is it made with magic and like someone just has tony's bitch face knowing that he's totally messing with them i know is it run by coal power whoever says that steve is boring or like completely innocent and doe-eyed and naive and not sarcastic at all is watching different movies yeah. I can't imagine, like, how weird it must be to know that he has a whole Smithsonian thing <laughs> so dedicated about to him. for him. I know. Like, I just can't imagine that. But I did like the moment when the little kid catches him and he was like, shh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. But it, it's got to be so weird, but it was also so heartbreaking because it's just a reminder of everything. I I can't even imagine what it's like to go through Steve Rogers' head. Like, it, he does make the joke, you know, like, everyone in my barbershop quartet is dead. But it's just one of the things that, that's that's so true. Every person he knows, minus, like, Peggy, he's still alive, and a couple people here and there, really are dead. I mean, right. you know, he, those were the people that he fought with. They were his band of brothers. Like, they were people who protected him, and prote- he protected them. And they're gone in an instant. And that's just, I can't even imagine what it's like to be Steve. Oh, and I was just going to say, he's in a job to where you really can't make friends. And there's actually a webcomic that follows Steve. It's a really good webcomic, but... It shows that he does suffer from some depression and probably some PTSD. And that's another topic that we'll probably talk about when we come to Sam. But uh, but we actually got to find out how small he was before the serum. Like, 5'4 and 95 pounds. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I'm only two inches taller than him. I'm an inch. <laughs> wow, you're taller than me. I'm only an inch taller than him. But I definitely weigh more than him. So. <laughs> oh, I definitely do, yeah. But I, I can't imagine, like, a strong wind would probably blow him over. That's why there's that meme that was going around during his, like, training scene. They're like, Steve, Steve, don't try to pick up that cup. You'll break your wrists off. <laughs> I, I do really love skinny Steve, and they do show him a couple of times, which made me really happy. I, I'm happy they added a lot of the, the past scenes, too, with, like, Bucky as well. Um, I, this is jumping ahead a little mm-hmm. bit, but ha- that one, like, for one, they were coming back from a funeral. Was it Steve's parents' funeral? It, yeah, it was probably uh, Steve's mom, because in the uh, MCU comics for Captain America, Bucky was already an orphan by the time he met Steve, I think. They met, like, in fourth grade. Okay. And so I'm really glad they added in that scene because for one, for anyone who in the off chance didn't get to see Captain America beforehand, they don't know the importance of Bucky Barnes or their relationship. So I'm glad they added that scene in for at least to show and remind the audience, like, yes, these two people were incredibly important to each other. In the first movie, we know how important Bucky is because, like, Steve went against orders and went into enemy territory just to save this one person Mm -hmm. well i mean admittedly you could say that he tried to save the entire 107 but what made him do it is because bucky was in danger 
if you want to look at it in a way, that, that really is the loss of his family. You know, they they were pretty much raised together. They've known each other their whole lives. And Steve's parents are uh, are both passed away. Like, that, Bucky is his only family. And Bucky being an orphan, Steve is his, pretty much his brother. Like, they they are all each other has left. Mm-hmm. And there's actually some really heartbreaking uh, posts that you can see on Tumblr, like, that have to do with that. And it's just heartbreaking. And this is already going to have so many feels already. So. Apparently, according to my friends, I watched half the movie with my like my hands firmly placed on my cheeks, just going, oh. <laughs> it was apparently a few times I screamed out to you because every time I'd just be like, ah! like my two friends on either side of me would just burst out laughing. I'd be like, guys, shut up, shut up, I'm having feelings. <laughs> apparently, when we found out that Sitwell was a Hydra agent, I like screamed out, Sitwell, no! <laughs> like I like, screamed it, apparently. I would not have judged you. I felt really awkward because there were some times, like, where they would make jokes or something, and I would, like, laugh or, like, chuckle at something, and everyone else was silent. I'm like, wow. I don't like movie theaters like that, but, of course, I went with, like, oh, my God, like, 30 Sherlockians, so we're all fangirls anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and we actually would, like, we're reacting so loud that people were telling us to shut up, and, like... Several of my friends, like, stood up and turned around and said, You're the one disrupting the movie now. And they're like, because <laughs> they just get really mad and then they... It was a bunch of... It was kind of funny because um, this is a really side tangent. But because we, we, majority of us are girls. And apparently mm-hmm. it was these really douchebag guys who were just, like, making, like, the rude comics. But because the they didn't... It was a dark theater... Uh, when the lights came back on, my friend Bo turned around. She, he was like, I just hope you know how much you're outnumbered right now. And the guys looked around, and there was, like, 30 girls glaring at them for, like, <laughs> telling us to, like, shut the fuck up and stuff like that. And they just, they ran out of that theater so fast. <laughs> like, they were, they did not realize that they were so outnumbered by so many girls in that theater. Wow. I have to say, I only went with my guy friend, uh, Tony, and he kept asking questions throughout <laughs> the movie, and I'm, like, trying to explain, but at the same time, I'm like, shh, trying I'd to be, watch. I'd be like, you should have watched it beforehand, just I'll answer everything when you're done, after the movie. Right. <laughs> I think that we should get back to talking about Steve. Steve. <laughs> like, the one big thing about his character is that he became a fugitive. Mm-hmm. As Chris Evans points out, uh, Dave is kind of a Boy Scout, <laughs> and now he ha- now he's figuring figuring out that the world isn't as black and white as it used to be, and him having to deal with that is very interesting. I'm kind of interested in where the fallout of this is going to go because I, for one, I want to see him and Sam go after Bucky. On the other hand, I also, because I, I want to see where they go and where they turn to. Like, I think we're seeing this move sort of like in an Avengers Assemble kind of format mm-hmm. to where how, like, they're moving away from S.H.I.E.L.D. and they're just Avengers. And I right. think we're getting to that. Um, and that's what Avengers 2 is going to go to. Like, the, they started the Avengers initiative. They're all kind of honorary Avengers, but none, I don't think any of them have the team mindset. Like, I am an Avenger. But I think this is we're going to see in Avengers 2 and post-Avengers 2 more characters like this one where it's like Nat and Steve team-ups. I think we're going to see like more like Hawkeye in a movie, like Tony teaming up with people 
And I think we're going to be moving to more of a team mindset. But yes, Fugitive, I don't know where I want that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I mean, Steve spent a lot of his time serving his country. I mean, come on, he's Captain America, so trying to present America's ideals. But how can you do that when you don't know who to trust? I, I think when it comes to like him preserving American ideals, I, I would have to say that World War II, and I would argue this in history, it was the last time that this country was in full like full support of a war. You know Oh it, no, after that after World War Two there were like really do we have to Well no it, there was a just it was a total shift, because um, we right. were in a time period in uh, World War Two called Total War Mm-hmm. Where total war is when every single person contributes, and that's what we see, right. like in those, you know, little Timmies in the scrapyard. Blah, blah, blah. But like, you know, it was a big part of it was the introduction of television, where people actually got to see during Vietnam and Korea what war actually looked like. Like, and yeah. and because you, there's one thing hearing about, like, oh, look at these brave people, because they could also edit the clips to be propaganda to be like, and the Americans are winning. But it was when people actually like saw what Korea looked like and saw what Vietnam looked like that we didn't have that support anymore. And so that's what this ge- the generation that Steve is from is between this whole like everyone pumps together, everyone is a team, this is total war, we all have to throw ourselves into it. And it, it was, it, it was, I don't want to say it was a more black and white time period, but there is still a lot of that time to where it was, if you, if you did not support this country, you were un-American. Well- it was a bit more cut and dry, like, the Allies are the good guys, Nazis are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. That was a bit more cut and dry, but now it's like, okay, who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? And that's kind of got to be scary when you come from a time where you know who to trust and who not to trust. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the One of the best lines is um, <laughs> when he's saving the Howling Commandos in the first one. And he sees uh, what looks like the Asian guy, and he is just like, are we saving everyone now? And he's like, dude, I'm from Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, no, he's from Fresno. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I sorry, know. Angel. <laughs> I told you, I have seen that movie enough times to quote it to you. <laughs> I actually watched it before I went to go see Cap 2. So. I started watching it. It came on FX the other day, and I recorded it, and I got to watch the first half. I didn't get to see the second half, so... Right. So, I kind of um, have the same, but like by the time that Bucky falls off the train, I just kind of turn it off. I know, so sad. I <laughs> know. I, I I just watched it to the Sebastian Stan scenes, and then I turn it off. But yeah, um, <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> this is definitely interesting. Like seeing how he dealt with this and trying to figure out who to trust. But then also, he was a bit rougher, or I guess. I don't want to say dark because dark isn't the correct, like, I don't feel like it's the correct word, but, like, when he pushes Natasha up against the wall, like, stop lying to me, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, whoa, see, wow. Before we so, like, on the darker of... thing, uh, right fast, I do like the fact that they use Steve trying to figure out how the world, how, like, who was, um, who was bad and who was good as a mm-hmm. storytelling device, because in a way... Um, it's putting the audience in Steve's point of view. And so right. we as well are trying to figure it out. It, it was a good way to keep it not boring to be like, oh, we just found out this is, well, is Hydra. Like, no, we, we discovered it when Steve discovered it, which is mm-hmm. a really good ploy. Though I kind of felt like he should have, well, he did. He did pick up early on that Pierce. There was something up with Pierce. 
And right, so because he didn't tell Pierce everything, he's just like, oh, well, that's uh, all I know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we just made the same sound. Anyway. So, yes, he, he does seem kind of... When, when you say when David gets darkish, are you referring to Once Upon a Time? Yes. Okay, just making sure. I was like, that's the only David I can think of that has been dark recently. So I just wanted to make sure that's what we, we were talking about. But yeah, I, I don't want to say that Steve is darker. I just think he's kind of getting more jaded to the to like who he once that, was. That's the right word. That's the right word. I... Like, I only use dark because I couldn't think of a correct word. I'm like, what is that word that I want to say? He's, he's just becoming, like, far more jaded to being in this world. Right. And and just this kind of world that, is, that it's in now. Like, this is very much what our world is. I would have loved to have a chance to at least see the, the 40s. And if I and just to see that time period to see the difference between America then and America now, and I always hear my grandfather talking about how like because um, my grandfather's older brother um, was at Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and so uh, he always used to tell me you know like stories of like how during that time period because my grandfather was born in the '30s so he remembers right. America yeah. in that time, and he he always just told me stories about how it's just not like that anymore and. I kind of wish I could go back in that time period just to see the difference between then and now. It actually kind of reminds me of this song that I really love. It's called um, Grandpa, Tell Me About the Good Old Days. And it kind of romanticizes some of the past, but at, at the same time, it it does show you like that things have become different in everything. Mm-hmm. Steve, tell us about the good old days. <laughs> Well, children, well, I was Captain America. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> we but, had um, bell bonds. Even, <laughs> Sorry. Even, but even though he's become jaded, like the next note that I made is at least he still gives people a chance or a choice to do something. Like when he makes that big old Captain America speech that you just want to salute to, Telling them, like, what's going on and that they need to bring down the helicarriers. I'm I, like, good for you, Steve. Good for I you. really like that scene. Because um, I, I think that even though Steve, Steve is jaded, he's still Steve. Mm-hmm. He's always going to be Steve. Like, the, like, he will always still have these morals that make Steve Steve. He will and, always do the right thing. And, like, we've seen that even before he got the serum. He has his own... I don't want to kill people, I just want to fight bullies. Right, yeah. Except for that one time after Bucky died and fell off the train, but... I, I think <laughs> I think that was just sheer, pure anger and fear. Mm-hmm, right. But I, I have to say that is probably one of the best scenes is when he's giving that... I, I love that entire sequence when he is, like, outing people and uh, Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that it's entire sequence... Scene is so good and i love seeing the looks on people's faces when they're just like holy cow and they're just kind of looking around at each other and they're like are you i don't know like that that was probably one of the most intense scenes because you know a fight's about to break out you just have no idea where it's about to break out but it's great to see how inspiring he is Especially, like, with the little tech guy, because, like, um, whatever his butt is, what's that guy's name? Roman, Roman, not the, the, uh, Rumlo. I'm sorry, (laughs) I had to find his name. Like, when, when Agent Rumlo was holding the gun to his head, he was like, son, you need to start this. And the little scrawny tech guy just stands up to Hydra Rumlo 
And it's just he's like, no, I'm I'm not gonna do it. And you could see on his face that this scrawny tech guy knew he was about to die. And thank God for Agent Thirteen because I, I like, know I was rooting for the scrawny tech guy. <laughs> I actually <laughs> I think we all were. It was Shield. I was actually waiting for the scrawny tech guy to like whip out a knife and stab him in the throat and be like, bitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> like we're not gonna let sordid Nazis take over our agency. Yeah, I mean, I I really that scene it's. God, it's probably one of my favorite scenes. Like, that entire, like, opening breakout sequence from Steve's speech to when you're actually finally getting to see who everybody is. Like, in whose side everybody is on. Such a good scene. But I have to say, a lot of scenes are just really good. Like, even that one brief period, like, when he's fighting Batroc and he speaks French. Oh, Oh, my I could hear you squealing, like, three times away. (laughs) There were several times in this movie I was like, yep, Angel's gonna like that. Oh. Mm. Sorry, I speak French, and then hot men speaking French it just makes it all better. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd have to say, one of my favorite, favorite scenes with Steve is when he's putting in the last chip for the helicarrier, and Bucky is there, and for the first part like when he has his mission that he has to put in the the chip he fights Bucky like hardcore fighting mm-hmm. and he gets shot and I'm like oh no <gasps> like he gets shot three times I had like half a moment where I was about to go are they because I know that Chris Evans has a few movies left I was like are they just mm-hmm. gonna sucker punch us and like quote-unquote kill Cap now and bring him back like way later in the franchise <laughs> No, but then he's in Avengers 2. I know. I, I knew this by this time, but I had, like, a half a second where I was like, are they going to pull Coulson and, like, make it look like he's dead but not? I know, but, like, as soon as he puts that chip in, he just stops fighting. He just gives up. Well, not exactly gives up, but... he he His mission's complete. Right. And so it's Bucky doesn't have to be an objective anymore. It's just his friend that he's fighting, and he doesn't want to hurt his friend. Right, and I think a lot of people, like, in meta and stuff have said that he just stops being Captain America at that point. He just becomes Steve Rogers. Explain to people, because um, I do have a variety of listeners, what meta means. Okay, meta, huh, it's hard to explain, but um, even I don't really have a proper uh, definition for it, but... Meta. I know, I'm looking it up, but it's when you... Go, wiki, go. It's a prefix used in English to indicate a concept which is an abstraction from another concept used to complete or add to the latter. Right, but a lot of people have done some uh, in-depth analysis of this, and Ooh. it seems a lot more like it's Steve Rogers facing the Winter Soldier after putting in that chip. Like, he even lets his shield fall away. I can completely agree with that. I because there's a moment where after he put the chips in, he makes a choice to go save Bucky because Bucky was pinned under the beam, and mm-hmm. he, I, I I kept thinking back to what Falcon said to him, like you know this isn't a person to save, this is a person to stop, and he chose to like even though Bucky was still attacking him, he wanted to go with Bucky towards the till the end because he cared so much for this man, like you know that is his friend and. That is his family, and he would go, like the line says, to the end of the line with him. Even if it meant both of them dying, he he wanted to die with Bucky. Right, and, like, the thing is, is the Winter Soldier is punching him, like, 
beating the crap out of him oh and God. he just he doesn't do anything but that like someone reminded me on tumblr in their own post is Steve is the type not to back down from a fight except this is the only time that he does so I I kind of don't think that it's a fight I think in a way oh, Steve it's... was no no I, I think Steve in a way was still fighting but right. because Bucky would have the win okay let me rephrase this the Winter Soldier would have reacted if Steve had fought back Bucky reacted because Steve used the tactic of not fighting back. Right, so, like, as the one meta that I sent you I still haven't read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was really long and it was really late. I can't remember who wrote it at the moment. It was like, it said Ophelia or something. I do, it's in my my Tumblr. But, But in order to get to Bucky... Steve needed to drop Captain America. He just needed to be Steve Rogers to get to Bucky Barnes. I don't know. It's just... uh, Like, he was willing to let himself fall and die just because, you know? There was just a lot with Steve, and it was just... There's so much to talk about, and I don't think we really have the time. I think we'd be covering the rest of Steve as we get to each of the characters. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we've mostly been covering just Steve by himself, but Steve wanna... does grow through the other characters. Yes. So I gotta talk about Bucky. Okay. Uh... How would you describe Bucky in one sentence? Oh my god! Oh gosh! <laughs> now you know how I feel. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> Bucky is an pretty much a victim of okay he's a victim of violence to quote sebastian stan but also he there's glimmers of light coming out of him where to where he can fully grow out of the dark being he became nice yeah (laughs) yours was a lot more poetic than mine (laughs) well i did that's still the beginning from sebastian stan so right but I do. I have to say, I really like that Sebastian Stan described Bucky as a victim of violence. Oh my goodness, Sebastian Stan has some of the biggest Bucky feels ever. He really does. He is absolutely like gaga over his own character. Though I, I had to first give total props to Sebastian because he had very few lines in this movie. Like his entire role was physical almost like he mm-hmm. i think he only has something i think he said like 12 lines in the entire movie like it's right and half of them are in russian and like half of them are in the last half of the movie and so right. he for one um he talked in depth actually he a lot of interviewers brought up the fact that like he had a mask on for half the movie so he has so much emotion in those damn baby blue eyes that i love yeah. <laughs> Um, he has dark hair and blue eyes. Like, that is, like, my favorite combination of mm-hmm. hot man. Definitely. Like, I mean... Hey, you have even... Chris Evans. You back up. I, I'm, <laughs> ha- I'm actually holding a letter opener, bitch. I'll stab you. <laughs> Technically, didn't I sort of introduce you to Sebastian Stan? No, actually, no. I, um, I was familiar with him before, mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't until once upon a time that I had a full-fledged love of him. But I was definitely familiar with him. Um, hey, but... He came on my... He came on my radar when I saw the Covenant. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that actually, that is the best more... B-rated movie ever. 
I was actually more talking about Chris Evans because right now he has like brown hair and blue eyes, so yeah. But you did help with uh, my like full fledged love of him. But I, I right. he's been on my radar for a while, but I didn't actually it was like, oh my god, Sebastian Stan be my husband until <laughs> once and Marvel. So right. But I mean, I I have to say, like, I think all the interviewers were spot on about how how much Sebastian is a talented actor because he can emote through his eyes and he's so physical. And not only that, but like, even when he had like the full mask on, you could see like how menacing he was. Like when he was just standing there, like in the middle of the road, it's like, oh crap. (laughs) Yeah. There was one time, um, it was, it was, it was just like little things. Like he, he like looked in Fury's car and he had the full flesh mask on and he just, like, cocks his head. So you can tell, like, he's questioning this. Like, it's a physical right. thing. So we didn't actually have to see Bucky, we, uh, Bucky's face. We had to, because he, he brought it out through his physicality. And I thought mm-hmm. that was very, in, like, he had a lot of great acting choices when he didn't have a lot of lines. And I, I've, I've talked about this in, before in other shows um, when discussing uh, Killian from Once Upon a Time. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's what uh, Colin O'Donoghue doesn't say. And so, um, sorry, this is getting off track, but, like, you can, if you watch Captain Hook in the background and people, like, you know, help him with stuff, you can see how physically hurt he is that he has a disability of having one hand, mm-hmm. but he never has expressed it that, that it, that it hurts him, but you can see it in his character. And Bucky, Sebastian does the same thing. He, he has physicality is this character. He, he's just a really talented actor. Like, we can even see that in Wonderland. Like, he doesn't have a lot of... I mean, not Wonderland, but Once Upon a Time. Like, he doesn't have a lot of lines either in that. But a lot of it is his expression and what he doesn't say. <laughs> my, my, God, he makes the best facial expressions as the Mad Hatter. My, my favorite is, like, when he's like, whose hearts are these? And he just kind of turns his head like, I'm so judging you right now, Regina. <laughs> Like, he just, like, purses his lips and, like, does, like, little eye roll to the side, like, mmm. <laughs> not sure if once. <laughs> but, but, we're, I knew we were going to talk about once at one point in this. Actually, though, I have to say, Marvel now has three once actors, which is Alan Dell, Sebastian Stan, and Josh Dallas. So, they're doing good. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about Alan Dell at a later point. But, yeah. um, I just, I... I just had so many feelings for this character because I, I, I've always liked Bucky in the comics too. Well, I've liked Bucky since like the first movie and then I kind of started researching his character and I'm like, oh, I love you. <laughs> mm, like the more and more like I, I got into it, I, I fell in love with Bucky in the first movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like who he is in the comics too and, and enjoy that development because I, I've recently picked up uh, the Ed Brubaker Winter Soldier. And it is it is different from how it is in the movie. It's much more detailed. Like it's a lot more deep into to um to Steve's psyche as well. So it's nice to see um Bucky progressing in this. And I I actually like the the resolution in the movie more than the comic. But I can see why they went with the uh the one in the comic is a little bit tougher for them to pull off probably, especially well, it, with the Tesseract and Asgard. But also it's a comic booky resolution. Like, that's a resolution that would work in a comic book. And while this is a movie based off of a comic book, you... Eh. Well, also, it's it's what they've already set up in the cinematic universe. Because, right. yeah. like, if you have not read the Winter Soldier Edward Baker comic, the way that they save Bucky 
is oh no i know how they, I, I'm, they I, I know i'm talking to the people oh, who haven't sorry read it. yeah maybe people haven't read it okay. um me me <laughs> me what do you think like you're a guest on a podcast or something what the hell <laughs> good no uh but it opens with red skull being shot um, and he has the Tesseract, and so Steve is running around with Agent 13 trying to find the Tesseract and trying to find these, like, bombs that Hydra has stole, ha, ha, they, that got stolen from Hydra, because Hydra's also running around, like, in the post-death of Red Skull trying to figure this out, too. And it turns out, uh, Bucky is there, and he is the one that's working with this other group, and long story short, Bucky and Steve go to grab the Tesseract at the end at the same time, and it jogs... Bucky's memories and it reminds him of who he once were and like the thing that breaks my heart most is the moment he has his memory Bucky like begs Cap to kill him like just like absolutely um just says like you should have uh killed me and Bucky actually crushes the Tesseract it's kind of interesting I I do like this resolution a little bit better that like the more he's outside of the the cryo machines and like the brainwashing machines he starts Mm -hmm. to remember and I I do like that resolution and I I would like to see more of that but speaking of the brainwashing oh my god that was a traumatic those feels oh my god in that damn scene well for one i'm already having feels because he's shirtless (laughs) 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 perfectly blood you're having more god sebastian stan's body is fucking gorgeous and he's tanned and i just oh god i just like gripped like the desk (laughs) you're you're having adult feelings I'm having very adult feelings right now. <laughs> I've had very adult feelings about Sebastian Stan for a long time. Anyway, to 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 what the way I described it to my friend Megan was Sebastian Stan is currently my Tom Hiddleston. Ah. Yes. Ow. And so if anybody knows how much, like when, when Thor was around, how much I talked about Tom Hiddleston and would free blog stuff, Sebastian is now my, my current Tom Hiddleston, who was my current Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, you know, it's my man of the week, but I've, um. But this has been more long standing. <laughs> yes. This has been one that I've waited for for two years. <laughs> Since they announced Winter Soldier, I've been waiting for, for the Sebastian Stan feels. So, one, I'm having feelings on the scene because Sebastian Stan is gorgeous. <laughs> but from an actual character's point of view, it, it was just heartbreaking to watch because you could see that Bucky was confused. And I, I would say, like, I would venture to say a little bit scared. Because he does not know why he's remembering this person. and right, But right. I think he knows that it's also incredibly important that he knows who this person is. And he has tears in his eyes. You could tell, like, when he's asking, like, who, like, I know him. And he kept saying, I, I know him, I know him. And he has Actually, tears uh, in his eyes. He pointed out twice, but I knew him. Like, I don't know him right now, but I knew him and he's familiar and it's important. Mm-hmm. Like, this is somehow important, and, like, as you said, he doesn't know why. I I, I was actually quite surprised that he, so when mm-hmm. we went back into the machine, that he didn't fight them off. But, but he it, was very angry about it. He was very aggressive. He was aggressive when they were fixing his arm, and it was before, I think, Pierce walked in. He was aggressive mm-hmm. with them, because I think a lot of that was he was confused and he did not understand. Mm-hmm. But after talking with Pierce... You know, he was like, Pierce, I, I knew him. And he was like, put him back in the sh- machine. And he was like, but I knew him. And I was, I was sitting here going, Bucky, why are you not fighting them? 
Right. I now. know. I was. I was like screaming, no, 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 fight them, kick their butts, but do something. I think a lot of it is actually might might be fear. Because I, I, I think he very much doesn't know who he is. I, I, he, we, we see that he doesn't know who he is. Right. And I think it's one of those things that I think he's kind of scared to fully find out what's going on. And it's, it's, I, I can almost see like it's second nature. It's muscle memory. I'm like, okay, I have to go back in this machine now. Like, okay. This is all he knows. This is all he knows. That do a mission, get your memory wiped, cryo, mission. That's all he really knows, and this completely throws him off, so why not go back to something familiar? And also, like Sebastian Stan uh, mentioned in a couple of interviews, that Bucky probably has depression as well, a bit, mm-hmm. and, and PTSD, and I can almost see, like, that's a way to, you forget about the pain, you know, you forget about your, these traumatic experiences, and in a way, it, I could see that being, like, a relief, and, like, even though it's painful to do it, because... My heart was just screaming with him when you see Bucky screaming out as this is uh-huh. happening to him. Uh, oh my god, like that just that scene I, I just remember like grabbing my friend's hand and just like holding it and she was I just, wanted like, to cry. I, I, I think that was probably my most emotional scene was that scene that I, I, I think I remember being very upset with that scene and, and mm-hmm. it physically got to me. Um like, I I do like that they showed it, but at the same time it was so heartbreaking yeah and i just i i can't (laughs) i'm just getting like a little bit misty thinking about that scene it doesn't even help that like see a couple of scenes beforehand my heart had like squeezed a little bit when it was like the whole bucky who the hell is bucky Mm -hmm. sort of i'm like oh bucky is you i i knew that was coming that's actually a line straight from the comic yeah, I know it is. Um, but at the same time, that was also, like, their tagline for the entire movie. But at the same time, we hadn't seen it in context, in context where Steve's heart is breaking as well. I know. Oh, Jesus. But I did like seeing uh, 1930s Bucky. I did. I had missed, like, we, like that little passing. I have missed seeing that kind of... I wish we got more of that in a, in uh, Captain America 1, actually. It was a little bit more scenes of Bucky and Steve together pre-Bucky going to war. And mm-hmm. um, I, w- I really wanted to see a lot more of that, only because of the fact that when we see Bucky, we see Bucky and Steve, they go to the World's Fair, and then Bucky's leaves, and then next time we see Bucky, he's rescued, he's a howling commando, and he dies. Like, he's only really right. in, like, maybe, like, th- like four or five scenes. So I kind of wish they like built up more of that past, so you actually can really truly mm-hmm. understand what these like, two men mean to you. I feel like this movie had more of these two men mean a lot more than they did in the first one because mm-hmm. actually the very first time I was watching Captain America, I had to be reminded of like, oh yeah, that's the guy, that's the friend. Okay, I totally know who this person is because I had no idea who this guy was, mm-hmm. and I and I just Captain America is not my forte. Um, I, you know, my, my forte is like Thor. Like, I, I really love reading Thor comics, so mm-hmm. I'm just not really familiar with that. So I, I really do feel, wish they had more of those kind of 30s and like, I, I actually really want to see a scene who has them as kids. I do. Oh my goodness, that would be and, so adorable. And like, tiny, scrawny little Steve is like getting picked oh. on and like, you know, Bucky is like, like 10 year old Bucky, like kicking some kid's ass on the playground and like putting his hit, his head in the sand. <laughs> like, I really want to oh. see that. <laughs> but like, even the small scene that they show at the Smithsonian, they look 
so happy. Mm-hmm. They just, like, the way that Bucky smiles at Steve and Steve smiles and it's, oh. <laughs> Can we just point out the uh, two days ago, two or three days ago of this recording, Sebastian Stan was on Chelsea lately, and he described Bucky and Steve's relationship like Brokeback Mountain. Oh yes, I've seen some. <laughs> and actually, when I was uh, talking to my friend Megan about this, she was like, "And yeah, I can totally see like the feelings between Steve and Bucky. That kind of reminded me of Brokeback Mountain." And I was like, "Girl, you don't even know how close you are." <laughs> No, I mean, my friend Megan, like, absolutely, like, is, like, loves, like, cries over Brokeback Mountain and, like, will watch it, like, Aww. once every three, a few months. I've only ever seen it once. And I personally don't like sad movies. So I, like, after I see a sad movie once, I just have a lot of difficulty watching sad Aww. movies again. Um, so. I've seen Titanic, like, three times now. <laughs> can't, I can't watch Titanic. Uh. But I can't watch Titanic because it's just, I have reasons. Anyway. But yeah, I saw oh my god, I can listen to that thing. damn Celine Dion song over and over again. I absolutely <laughs> I love that song. But anyway. Yeah. But, but, Sorry. But Where so many you feelings. Are. Okay, I'm done. So many Oh feelings. my god, it applies to Stephen Bucky. <laughs> Near, far, wherever you are, I will find you with my buddy Falcon. But anyway, um, sorry. So many feelings about this. At least our sucky RP has a bit more happiness to it. Yeah. Though I do, um, I see, I do like your note that, like, when even when you saw it with your friend, that people in the back gasp when they revealed it's Bucky. Yeah. And I can, I have to say, though, um, I kind of wish they didn't push it as much in public. That this was going to be Bucky, that Bucky is the Winter Soldier. Because, like, while anybody who's fans of Captain America totally know who the Winter Soldier is going into it. Um, and cause the comic has been out for a while. And um, then it was kind of obvious that they said Sebastian Sam was coming back, and it's like... But at the same time, you know, not everybody, like, the general public are probably not familiar with this. My problem is with a lot of the pre- like prequel stuff that, that was going on, they were mm-hmm. like, and then... Like, like, the whole, like, assembling a team that e- that ABC put on, like, a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago. They flat out said, and the Winter Soldier is Bucky, and stuff like that. I kind of wish they hadn't done that, for just for the general audience. Because I, I, I remember talking with a buddy of mine at 221BCon, and he, she was telling me how upset her brother was when he was watching some, like, uh, behind-the-scene clips, and Sebastian Stan was like, yeah, and, like, you know, Bucky is the Winter Soldier. And he was just completely gobsmacked by it. Right, for, like, those... Even I don't, like, really read the comics, but I got so into the universe that I'm like, okay, I have to find out everything about everything. And I found out um, beforehand that Bucky had been the Winter Soldier, and I'm like, oh... Does this mean he's coming back? Oh my gosh. Yay. <laughs> yeah. But it was just, it was kind of funny to me that someone was like, because, like, even my friend Tony is like, I guess they didn't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because even, like, he's not into comics and he knew. Mm-hmm. But I, I kind of wish they just didn't push it as much in, like, a lot of the promos and stuff because yeah. just for those people who, like, truly are just, like, you know, I think of my sister Brandy. She doesn't have Twitter. She's mm-hmm. doesn't. She's not on Facebook a lot. She just like you know watches her own stuff, 
And so she'd be the kind of person who just would not know something like that when it came right. to a movie. Unless it was told to her beforehand. So I would have loved to have been there when she saw that reaction. Mm-hmm. And so, um, because that would be something she just would not know. Now, of course, if you see a poster, it, it clearly looks like Bucky, and you can tell. Um, but, but just, I don't know. Like, I guess you would know if you were looking for it. But if you were just completely oblivious, that would, just think of that shock. I know, like, oh my goodness, like, I did not expect this person to show up. Now, I, well, before we move on, I have one last point I, I kind of want to talk to Bucky, and I see it in your notes, too. Bucky going to the Miss Smithsonian. For one, he's, of course, going to find out more about himself, but I question, where do you think, especially with Cap 3, are, do you think that they're going to be going with Bucky? Uh, I and don't I, know. I'm asking this from the point of view that I really don't know much about the Fallout after the Winter Soldier comic. And so, where we last see Bucky in Winter Soldier comic, because I have it right here beside me, mm-hmm. um, he's at uh, the fort that Bucky and Steve trained in. And mm-hmm. um, he's just sitting there, and he has his head in his hands, and that's how it ends. So, if anybody actually, feel free to email me at hope at com and let me know um, what happened post-Winter Soldier after all this, if you want to help me out with that. But... Where do you think, especially kind of knowing what we know about Avengers 2, we're about to go to Guardians of the Galaxy, and Avengers 2 is Age of Ultron, what do you think that's going on with Bucky? Um, I don't know. I think right now, because he's now seen the whole Bucky Barnes, like, Bucky Barnes got his own special thing in the Smithsonian, so he's starting to figure out who he is, but I think he's still on that journey, and, well... Age of Ultron is like a whole year afterward. So either he's still on that journey to figure it out, or Steve and Falcon have found him and trying to help him, or he's just disappeared for a while. Like, And he'll come back later, maybe in Cap 3. I, I have a feeling we're not going to see him. I don't know, though. I, I have a feeling that in Age of Ultron, it's going to be mentioned. You know, Cap and Falcon right. has been doing yeah. this, but they had to come back to help save the world from Ultron. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something that had to be done. So I think he's going to be mentioned. I questioned whether or not we were going to be seen. Because, that actually, didn't Anthony Mackie said that he has not been asked for Age of Ultron yet? Uh, no, I haven't seen him on the cast list. Yeah, I, I think he, him and Sebastian were in an interview, and both of them said that they have not been asked for Age of Ultron. So maybe it's something that Cap sent Falcon to look for Becky. That would make sense. He probably might not show up until Captain America 3, or maybe one of the earlier films. Like, maybe he might show up and... Um, I think he's going to pull a few Furies and make a small cameos, and that's like going to... Like a cameo, yeah. And that's going to make up his nine films. Because if... if because he's in, Sebastian signed for nine films. So Cap 1 and 2 are, are his first two. So he has seven left. That's a lot of films. Especially if he's not showing up until Cap 3. That's 2016. That's two years from now. So post-2016, he'll have six more films. So I think they're going to fury him a little bit. And have him like kind of sprinkled throughout places. Because I, I definitely think Fury's going to keep tabs on him. I, I was about to say S.H.I.E.L.D. is, but I don't right. think S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to do it. I think either Natasha's going to keep tabs, tabs on him. I think we might see him um, in Avengers, but kind of like post-credits, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things that they're just keeping secret right now. Right. 
they really keep the after credit scenes like scene filming very secret i did was not expecting this is jumping ahead quicksilver and scarlet witch i was completely gobsmacked like that was a good that was a good secret wow i didn't even know they were supposed to be in the movie like any structure was but i did not know that those two were supposed to be in there what a good way to introduce those characters Mm -hmm. like because if you're one of the people who because some people do walk out like before the post-credit scenes and you're just like oh honey my buddy michael almost killed a man (laughs) because they were waiting through the credits for the after credit sequence and apparently one of the ushers came up and was like i'll tell you what happens if you want to go ahead and leave and apparently michael was just like dude you better walk away from me right now or i will report you to your manager stuff like that i know i i would i would have killed the man i would have been like dude you have three seconds to walk away from me or you're gonna get this straw down your throat like shield agent style i or i probably would have went off at him then and like you don't understand what it's like to be a marvel fan waiting for this post-credit sequence though that's that's another thing with all the prequels they had a lot of like things about like a lot of specials for this one i feel like they had more specials about this one than they did for Mm -hmm. thor and iron man 3 and so like I remember, like, when I'd seen some special for this one, and it was an image of Bucky and the Smithsonian. And so, like, when they came up, I was just like, oh, hey, I totally saw this before. And Mm -hmm. I realized I had saw it in, like, a pre-thing. And I was like, oh, yeah. But anyway, I I think they're going to fury Sebastian Stan, and, like, he's going to be sprinkled throughout nine movies, um, and especially in some of the earlier ones and, like, post-credit sequences and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, to help kind of get them through. Because as much as I do really love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I have to question, how many A, phases are they going to do? And B, how long is this going to keep going? You know, well, they are planning on making movies till at least 2021. Okay, so that's what, like seven years from now? <laughs> yeah. And when did this start? When was the first Iron Man? Uh, the first Iron Man was in 2008. 2008. So they're planning for at least a good 15 years of movies. Trust me, the only reason why I know this, though, is to match it up with my Losers Avengers crossover. That's something I have to do this summer is the Losers commentary. But, um... Yeah. But I have to say, like, that's, um, that's crazy. You know, I that's... Know. I, I have to wonder if, like, right now it's really building and it's going great. I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a test of whether or not they can bring in some of these other, like, not as well-known franchises. So we'll I talk th- about uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit later, but I have something to say about that, like, later. <laughs> yeah, make a note of it so we don't forget. Because um, <laughs> looking at time, we're, like, already almost two hours in and we're only on the second point, second character. I do have to wonder if how long this is going to really work. Because, like, while Marvel has a ton of steam right now, they're making a killing, they're doing amazing work. If they start bringing in a bunch of smaller stuff, how much is this going to keep going and still be effective? I, I If they do it right, I think that it will be. Because, like, so far they've done a pretty okay, like, a pretty good job with most of the movies. Like, especially if they keep it, like... Captain America 2. Do you can you imagine how much they would have to do with Avengers 2 for it to blow Cap 2 out of the water? I I think yeah, Avengers 2 is going to be awesome. I guess. I think so too, but like have you seen the art and stuff already and like the pictures for it? I've oh seen goodness. some. It looks amazing. 
Also, Steve has another uniform. Steve, I don't mind, but how many costume changes do you need? <laughs> I'm happy that Clint finally had a freaking costume change. I know. Did you see his coat? His coat oh. is amazing. <laughs> I want his coat. <laughs> but, um, because, like, the last point, uh, kind of going back to this, like, I think going into, like, 2021, I think in, in, like, you know, later phases, like Phase 4, you know, people probably know, like, definitely know characters like Miss Marvel, The Punisher, like, you know, uh, Doctor Strange. Like, these are characters that people know. People don't know people like, like, um, Nova. Like, that's a relatively sort of unknown. Some people uh, like, probably don't know who the Inhumans are. Yeah, and so, like, if they start pulling in, you know, some of these, like, smaller teams, especially as they're, like, you know, the first round, like, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s contract's coming up, you know, Steve Hi. Chris Evans only has three more, Tom Hiddleston. If they start kind of reintroducing these new smaller teams, I kind of have a feeling that Marvel's going to be losing steam going closer to 2021. Probably because Avengers was, like, their really big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway... Back to characters. Yeah, I I throw out like up to Avengers three. Do we really need a phase four? I don't know. I don't really think so. But they're probably gonna do it anyway because money. Mm hmm. I it, it would be awesome <laughs> if they could free up like Fantastic Four and Spidey. I know. Like they're actually already filming a Fantastic Four. They have like the cast and everything. Yes. Chris Evans actually took a picture with the new Johnny Torch and was like, I, I passed know. off the torch to you. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, because Chris Evans is a dork and does stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, rounding up Bucky, I just, I think Sebastian Dan just killed it this one. Like, he was good as Bucky in the first one. He absolutely mm -hmm. was just phenomenal this time round. And just to see, I'm, I'm so excited to see where they take Bucky. Only, because for one, I like I said, I, I don't know much about post-Winter Soldier time. But right. I do know about current Bucky. I am currently reading the Winter Soldier uh, comics. And I know about his, you know, I, I love his relationship with him and Natasha. I hope they bring that in. We'll talk about that in a second with Natasha. Hi. Oh, but, it didn't seem like Natasha knew him as well in this movie. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm almost done. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I do know current Bucky, so I know about him in Fear Itself. I know his role in Civil War. And I know his role post-Civil War. So I'm kind of, I'm really excited to see where they take his character. Mm-hmm. Any last thoughts on Bucky? Just want more Bucky. Yeah. Uh, more I could Bucky. always have more Bucky. And oh. all the feels, all the feels. Ugh. Maybe that'll be the next couple one shots is like filling in his gaps. Oh, that would be good. I would the one shots count? I don't know actually. I know that what it was it. I know Chris Evans doing the cameo in Thor did not count. Right. Um, so I don't, but I don't actually know if one shots would count, but I think that's a very valid question. Like maybe, maybe, maybe it would count and that would be another way to get his film countdown. Hmm. I would love a Winter Soldier one shot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, I, like I said, I've been reading the prequel, um, The Bitter March, and I would love for some of those to be one shots. I think that'd be really awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for my first Winter Soldier episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be tackling more of the characters in the next one. Be on the lookout for part two coming probably fairly soon, as long as work does not get in the way. Um, as always, my name is Hope Mullinex. You can find me at Hope Mullinex on Twitter. I'm usually in the Two True Freaks Facebook group. 
I have a Tumblr, and it's geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com. If you're a Once Upon a Time fan, I have a one, uh, my blog is onceuponandobsession.tumblr.com. And you can also usually find me bumming around on Instagram and stuff like that, posting pictures of like my cats and my pop vinyls and any conventions I attend. Also, uh, make sure you just check out Angel. She's currently at Tumblr at what a, uh, what a bunch of marvelous a holes uh, tumblr com. And yeah, any feedback for the show can be sent to me hope at twotruefreaks.com. Also, if you like what you hear, if you like what I do, go ahead and go leave me a review. Uh, rate me some stars on iTunes. I would love to hear from you. Tell me what you love about the show. Tell me what you don't love about the show, and I will do my best to improve it. Just like with my Thor 2 podcast, I'm going to end it with a song that makes that reminds me about the characters and stuff. And Thor 2, I used Stabilo's Flawed Design, which is like my go-to Loki song. This time, I'm going to end my show with a song called Future by Paramore, and it really reminds me of uh, Steve Rogers and kind of his relationship with Bucky, but mostly just Steve. So, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great day or night or wherever you are. Bye, guys. Lost in a minute.